One of the great misnomers or areas that people often miss when it comes to joint venture partnerships is the feeling that someone is farther along than them. One aspect of joint venture partnerships that will be encouraging to uh, the listeners is that they've already been involved in a JV partnership. Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Are you a community leader who's looking to really build your community through the power of email? It's the first chance you have to get in front of the right people, and you should make the most of it. So many community leaders take the template approach, and you've lost your community before they've even found you. How about crafting the perfect welcome series instead? You can grab my guide, Crafting the Perfect Welcome Series, at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. Discover the tips and tactics I use to help my clients get up to an 80% open rate. When people open those first few emails, they're more likely to continue opening your messages, engaging, and buying from you. Build your community the right way with a welcome series that converts. Grab your copy at theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway. For all of my community leaders out there, this episode is a real treat. So as community leaders, we all want to be able to build a community that not only serves our mission, serves our values, and helps us make a bigger impact in the world, but also that helps us build our business. And this episode is a great, great listen for you if you have also struggled with building community as a business owner. I have a, a wonderful guest on today. His name is Shadid Eliezer, and he is all about JV partnerships. And JV partnerships are just another way of building community. But it's not just about building community between business owners. It's about mutually helping each other. We grow better together. Both of us have been a part of a community that is all about uh, we're better together in collaboration over competition. And I was really blessed to be able to get uh, Shadid on the show to dive into JV partnerships and how being a part of a partnership community can help build your business, build your own community, and of course, help you support your your physical community as well. So we're not talking about just digital communities, but also in-person communities. So if you are a community leader and are ready to be able to not only grow your business exponentially, but also continue to make a positive impact in other areas that aren't your expertise, this is a really great listen. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and marketing strategist. Today, I'm really excited that we are going to be talking about something I have recently kind of stumbled my way into in this world, and it's been incredibly game-changing for my business, and that is JV partnerships, what that is, how to do them properly, and the great value that they can give to your business. And of course, to help me talk about this topic, I have an amazing guest, 
Today, we're going to be talking about JV partnerships with Shadid Eliezer. He is a U.S. Navy veteran and Baltimore's leading small business advisor. He helps six- and seven-figure entrepreneurs, influencers, and public figures convert their authority and influence into a steady stream of leads and sales online. He's the leader of the most prominent Black business partnership network on the East Coast of the U.S. He's also a philanthropist and organizes community redevelopment campaigns that have raised millions of dollars to empower lower-income communities. As a venture capitalist, he's invested in the growth of over 200 startup businesses through a community fund, and he really knows his stuff about how to form partnerships and make them long-lasting and valuable for both sides. So Shadid, I'm so excited to have you on here. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kimberly. It is an honor, a privilege, and a pleasure to share the airwaves with you and your listeners. Well, thank you so much for that. I'm super excited to dive in. But first, you know, I always like to know, kind of, can you tell me a little bit about your journey to, you know, doing what you're doing right now? What was that path for you from, you know, all of these different things, your venture capitalist, philanthropy, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about your journey to be doing what you're doing. Well, Kimberly, in the, the introduction, you, you mentioned quite a bit about where I've arrived to at this point. But every journey has its origin. And so from the time that my 10 toes entrenched themselves into planet Earth, I have been raised in a family business. So my entire family has this 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 code or this insulated in a way where we do for self, we work with each other. So in looking back on life's journey, my first JV partnerships were my actual family members in that I've worked with my mother. My mother has worked with me. I've worked for my grandmother. She has also been a partner in my businesses. I've published uh, three uh, books with my uncle. He has also served as a consultant within my organization. So the constant back and forth sharing of knowledge, information, so on and so forth, led to the concept of family is the first business. So that is a a, a central theme that I've carried throughout my life. And that's where the story starts. And of course, as I begin to grow and mature, entrepreneurship in terms of How do I want to express my footprint or my unique uh, stamp on the world led to we described in the uh, intro and also the theme of to profit is to reinvest was another key theme that uh, appeared throughout my life in that I always saw entrepreneurship as a path to being the the most effective form of self-development that exists. And so when I looked at uh, communities, either that I was raised in or that I currently serve, I see that the ownership mentality was uh, a a missing element. So in empowering that mindset and promoting that mindset, I've seen over time that when you give back through the vehicle of entrepreneurship, it creates sustainable communities. And so those two themes are where the journey started and provides the the framework to what I do today. 
That is such a great outlook that you have. I love that, you know, you've worked with your family in so many different ways and you've worked for them. They've worked for you. You've formed that partnership and kind of brought that mentality into the business world. I think there's this kind of perception for a lot of people, especially in entrepreneurship, that you always have to be competing against somebody else. And I love the idea that, you know, collaboration is the way forward. It's the it's the best method for for growing not only your business, but the community and the world around you. Absolutely. Collaboration over competition It's one of the earliest ideas that I've come to embrace. And instead of saying I am better than my peer or my competitor, we always have to look or we were always taught how can we use that particular talent and ability to help that business grow or how can we become better together? Definitely better together is an approach I can get behind. So you have a really big why behind what you do. Can you share a little bit about your unique approach to business and, and who it really helps? Well, my approach to business is simple. When it comes to generating revenue, or which is the goal of any business, the revenue itself is planting a seed for the next generation. So when a business is created, it's important to understand that what a business actually is. In the United States especially, the the business is the heartbeat, the economic heartbeat of a community. So the business itself creates jobs, it creates opportunity, it creates the ability for a legacy to be transferred from mother or father to children through lessons, through the different examples that a business will provide. So we as entrepreneurs have to look at what the overarching community value that we deliver through our businesses, through our products, through our services. So in building my business, what I always start to look at is when I succeed, who can I empower? Or to profit is to reinvest. So I've utilized uh, strategic philanthropy, which is for-profit projects and ventures to be reinvested into causes or community redevelopment that I support. So taking myself out of the equation and saying, what do I want to achieve financially? I changed the definition to say, how many classrooms can I build? How many schools can I empower? How many entrepreneurs can be created to go back and redevelop their community? So it enables me to work much harder because there's a a human development aspect behind any business idea that I create. And very early on, I learned to remove myself from the equation and look towards a, a greater need to be fulfilled And that has led to so many blessings, not only in my life, but for the communities that I serve and support. 
That's such an, uh, a great way to look at business, right? Because so many of us were like, we want to be able to contribute. We also want to build the life that we like and being able to kind of take yourself out of it is a very interesting perspective and being able to say, okay, how many, I, I like what you said about, you know, how many classrooms can I build? How many communities can I help rebuild from the perspective of making money in your business so that you can reinvest it? And, you know, one of the things that I feel a lot of entrepreneurs are interested in, you know, most of the people I meet, they got started doing what they do because they had a passion for helping and serving others. So kind of reinventing that conversation in your head to where profit is another way for you to help and serve the community you want is a great conversation. Absolutely. And the con- it's a necessary conversation because You can only go so far in life when your focus is on yourself. The greatest movements that we've seen that have changed uh, society as we know it have always been about connecting to what I call the greater good or a deeper sense of purpose. So with entrepreneurship, if let's say a common goal is to generate six figures in a business and instead of thinking of six figures, which is a worthwhile goal, think about the next generation of people who would, let's say, be someone in your industry. So if you are, for example, a copywriter and your goal is to be the next six-figure copywriter, instead of thinking of generating that financial goal, how about considering creating a scholarship for 15 copywriters to learn the ins and outs through the copywriting academy. So as you earn or as you grow in your business, you are empowering the next generation of copywriters. Maybe they're coming out of high school. Maybe they're coming out of college. and You empower them to learn the tools you can invest in, let's say, the great copywriting books that we've all read and possibly give them access to editing tools or a laptop and give them a whole suite of possibilities that when that seed is planted, they have the ability to go forth and do for themselves and empower their communities and causes they support because you had the vision to step forward and say, I want to succeed, but in my success, I'm going to empower others. That is such a great example of how to kind of work together and use your business to then empower others and grow. Um, you know, the the training program that I went through to become certified as a copywriter, as a graduate, I get the opportunity to give that to somebody every year. So I, I love being able to, you know, identify those people who are a little lost or looking for something that's really going to fulfill them and give them the opportunity to learn about copywriting as a way forward. Um, and of course, I'm a member of a couple of organizations that uh, I, I look to, to fund a scholarship in the future for those people to join the um, organizations and be able to, you know, take advantage of having a community that supports what you do. And that is a great segue into what we're talking about today, which is JV partnerships, because it's all about supporting each other so that each of of you can succeed in bigger and better ways. So, you know, for a lot of people, they may or may not know what the term JV is, and that's joint venture. But can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what is your definition of what a joint venture is and some of the, the key areas that people might miss when doing those first few uh, partnerships? 
What I'm going to do with this opportunity, Kimberly, is demystify what joint ventures really are and point out to the audience that they're already involved or very well seasoned. And that is a great segue to what we're here to talk about today, which is JV partnerships. And some people out there may not know what that means. And the term JV stands for joint venture. And it's a really great way for you to you know, partner with somebody else in business and where both of you can grow and expand your business by collaborating and working together. So can you give me like your definition of what a JV partnership is and some of the areas that people may miss when doing their first JV? Absolutely. One of the great misnomers or areas that people often miss when it comes to joint venture partnerships is the feeling that someone is farther along than them. One aspect of joint venture partnerships that will be encouraging to uh, the listeners is that they've already been involved in a JV partnership. So when you have worked for a company, let's reverse engineer that for a second. And a company has a need. They have a need for a particular resource or set of skills in order for them to continue on their journey. So they reach out to a, uh, let's say, a partner in order to lend those skills to that particular role. That in itself is one example of a joint venture partnership that is known as white labeling, where if you bring someone under your umbrella to perform certain skills in the benefit of a client, then that is a form of joint venture partnership. So what I want you to think about is what your needs are and how other skills through other people can be fulfilled. And the agreement by which that is done is known as a joint venture partnership. So it's two individuals or a group of individuals who are coming together to fulfill a common need for either a client or an audience within a business context. So if I, for example, am a copywriter and let's say I don't understand technology too well, but I'm great with writing copy, writing landing pages, so on and so forth, then I can form a partnership with a web designer who can host my pages. And if I'm negotiating with, uh, let's say, a client to provide them an end-to-end service, the joint venture partnership allows you to be strong where you're typically weak because you're able to partner with the the specialized skills of additional uh, resources or professionals. I have definitely done that. You know, one of the first questions people will ask oftentimes is, oh, you do copy. So like you're going to build all of it too, right? Or you can design me something really cool too, right? And I, you know, I inform people they really don't want me designing anything for their website or their brand. Um, I'm not a graphic designer, but I work with other people who can. And, you know, I can be that point of contact or I can just have them partner with me, as you said, and and create that uh, asset for people so that it's really easy. The other, you know, the client likes it because it's one person they have to talk to. The graphic designer likes it because it's one client 
clients that they can serve that they didn't have to necessarily go find on their own. And it works for me because I get to provide a great experience for my clients. Absolutely. And when we look at the levels of joint venture partnerships, this is where the the agency model starts to come into play. Whereas the scenario you just mentioned where a client may say they want additional or wraparound services outside of what your skill set is, the answer that you can now give is yes, that service can be provided. Now there's two different levels that can possibly be uh, reached where it's yes, my company can provide that service and you bring on the designer underneath uh, your company for that agreement or yes, I can refer you to the top web designer that I, I partner with. So there's two different levels of joint venture partnerships and it's basically choose your own adventure based on your comfort level. I love that. The choose your own adventure. It always makes me think of those books I read as a kid where, you know, you got to choose your own adventure and I'd go back and reread all the different ones. So you've mentioned the two different levels of for JV partnership for that particular scenario, but there's so many different ways that people can partner. And sometimes we have to kind of shift the way we think about things to realize that, as you said, right, we've probably already done those JV partnerships. So are there any other types of, you know, mindset shifts that you feel business owners have to have before they can realize either how to start a JV partnership or how to make the most or or provide the best value when working in a JV partnership? This section, this area is one of the most important aspects to grasp when it comes to joint venture partnerships in that we often play a, a, a pretty evil trick on ourselves when it comes to collaborating with people who we deem as being higher on the totem pole or having achieved a a certain level of public success within our industry. And we often tell ourselves that we are not enough. We are not worthy. We are not good enough. We're not joint venture ready. And what I want you to understand and what I want you to tell yourself before you reach out to someone on messenger or email or of Zoom, Skype, or phone calls that you are enough and that you have the experience to complete the terms of the partnership. And most importantly, what we've learned today is that you've already completed several joint venture partnerships. They're just known by a different name. So that's the first mindset shift that I would definitely advise your audience to embrace and Get away from the concept of not having the mechanical aspects of the lead magnet or the the course or the live event and simply start with using active listening and finding out what the needs are for the person you're looking to partner with. And if you use nothing else as an asset, the power of introductions will be very valuable in helping that individual in that they're going to have certain gaps in their organization or where they're looking to go within their organization as goals, milestones, or targets. So providing the resource to help them get there will always be of value for any joint venture partner, no matter how high 
or low they are on that ladder of success. Absolutely. You know, one of the first things I realized when I started looking into doing joint ventures was I was like, oh, I don't have a big enough list. I don't have a big enough list. But, you know, I was talking with somebody about a different topic and they're like, I want to do something with you. I want to collaborate with you. Because what I had was they wanted to test a new method of presenting information uh, and they wanted to do it outside of their audience. So I had an audience they hadn't talked with yet and they wanted to get my information in front of their audience. So it doesn't matter necessarily, you know, don't ever think in terms of, oh, I, I need an X number of things in place, right? Because as, as you're saying, we all have our own value that we bring and it's something that somebody else is in need of. We just have to learn to find those um, areas where we connect. Absolutely. And one reframe that is very important for our audience to grasp is the following. Let's say your email list is 100 people. Let's say the majority of those 100 people are friends, family members, and colleagues that you've worked with in a past life. And what you need to understand is that people when you you look at a hundred on a, a spreadsheet, it, it's not as personal. But if you were to go to a meetup event or a, a monthly meetup and there were 100 people in the room, then that number becomes much more compelling, much more interesting. So instead of mentioning your email list of 100 people, you can say, I'd like to introduce you to 100 of my tribe or 100 colleagues that I have that are absolutely interested in this subject. And most people focus on the engagement, not necessarily the number. So your time should be spent developing a deeper rapport and connection with those 100 people versus negating the idea that you're not enough because you only have 100 people. I love that reframe. It's it's so important and so key because I've definitely had that conversation with people where they're like, oh yeah, you know, I've got a huge list, but I've got like an open rate of 5%. And it's like, well, then, you know, 5% of people are, are super engaged and those are the 5% of the people I want to talk with uh, because those are the people who, you know, they're interested, they want to hear more from you, that kind of thing. So we've talked about, you know, mindset shifts to make sure that you are approaching JV partnerships the right way, what the real definition of JV partnerships are. You know, what are your most successful or important keys to having a successful partnership? The most important keys to successful partnerships is active listening. Number one, active listening, meaning when two people are having a conversation and one person is not listening and only waiting for their turn to speak, then a golden opportunity is missed because in any conversation that goes to a, a specific length, there's always going to be goals, hopes, and wishes that are expressed. The best of our friends are people who are able to listen to those goals, hopes, and wishes and convert that into a resource, understanding, or simply uh, empathy to understand where we're going. In a business context, if you're able to listen and understand and convert 
that understanding into an opportunity for your partner, it mimics the same conditions that leads for two strangers to develop a great friendship. And that's what the greatest partnerships begin to feel like. Next would be follow up and follow through. You'd be amazed for those of you listening to this podcast, how many opportunities, great alignment, great sense of values, shared experiences are derailed by simply not following up. So there's so much alignment on the intro call or the discovery call or at the live event, but when you travel back home or the event's over, the follow-up, which will lead to wins being put on the board and new opportunities materializing, does not happen. So I only have two golden rules. And when you begin to actively listen, that means do not be on your phone. Do not check different apps, but give that individual your full undivided attention and you follow up and get some sort of win crystallized you will be more successful than most when it comes to partnerships. And even if you're just starting, if you are able to follow these rules and adhere to these rules, you'll be able to attract people who see themselves in you and those who are more successful, but they see a certain spark and they see a respect that you have for their mission and their time because you honor it by following through. I could not agree more on the importance of follow-up and follow-through. There are so many people who have this idea in their head and it, you know, it relates to marketing, it relates to business, it relates to forming partnerships. They have this idea that they don't want to bother other people or, you know, I, I, it's been too long. I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, send a message. And the thing is, is if somebody said they wanted to hear from you, they'd rather hear from you. So do be sure to, you know, take that information, take the conversation and make sure to to take that next step and show that you are interested by by doing the follow through and doing the follow up. And, you know, we've had such a great conversation here today, Shadid. Uh, we've talked about JV partnerships, what that is, how to make sure that you're approaching them the right way, how you can approach entrepreneurship to grow not only your business, but the community and the people around you. All of these are really amazing and great things, but we're almost out of time here. So if you had to tell people one action step, what is that one big takeaway or that one next step people need to take after listening to this episode? Sit down, write down your core values, write down what you stand for, write down what you don't stand for, and get extra clear about what you bring to the table. Because when you're communicating, the core values will begin to bleed through your words. And those are the points that people connect to the most. Definitely. And, you know, once you have those in front of you and down on paper, it's really easy to kind of solidify that kind of those things in your mind whenever you're talking about your business, uh, because it, it guides the way you do things, which is just fantastic. So Shadid, I want to say thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with my audience today. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, uh, where can they find that information? Well, the next step would be to go to uh, mrshadid.com forward slash accountability. And that is spelled M R 
S H A D like David E E D like David.com forward slash accountability and download the daily accountability journal. It's very important that in the world of joint ventures, as I mentioned, follow up and follow through. And what this journal will enable you to do is to sharpen your ability to make greater and in-depth agreements with yourselves and solidify the contract that you set with your family, with your clients, and the community in which you serve and the world in which it exists. That is where our relationship will start and you'll begin to uh, receive my journey of entrepreneurial wins, setbacks, and lessons learned through that relationship. This is the only place where I share the ups and downs of entrepreneurship is through that link. Thank you so much for that generous gift. Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, accountability is a key part to, to growing as an entrepreneur, to making sure you're on the right path. And again, uh, com slash accountability. And uh, we will have the links, of course, in the show notes for you to be able to learn more about our wonderful guests. So again, thank you so much for being on the show, Shadid. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the chance to discuss these powerful ideas. Thanks for listening. And until next time, remember, keep calm and carry on. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.